Hi, you're listening to the Hope Church Sermon Podcast. At Hope, our mission is to help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Now, join us as we listen in on a sermon from last Sunday. It is our hope that you feel God's love stronger today than ever before. are thankful you guys are thankful you just clap we're so thankful when you clap <laughs> hey um i uh another i want to keep on the thought of a seed today um today diana's dad is preaching for us today dr janey and i um when i was thinking about this idea of planting a seed today i've watched diana's dad uh, preach all around the world and um what I didn't know, I, 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 we, one of my first ever mission trips, I flew to Manila, Philippines. I saw Diana's dad preach to a million people. Sideways rain, monsoon rain, screens were falling down, speakers were falling down. I was sitting in the back of him right before he got to preach, and I saw him lean over, and he witnessed, shared the gospel with the president of the Philippines. And all those were planting seeds in my, in my, in my mind and in my thought. Fast forward, I graduated from college. I got to go work at a church. The second opportunity I got was to go work for Diana's dad. And um, we, were in the, we were on another missions trip. We were in Haiti this time. And he said, hey, I think God has more for you. I think God has a, has a church plant in you. And so we're gonna transition you where you're at. We're gonna move you into a different role because you need to prepare. And he, what all, those, all that time, he was planting seeds of church planting in me. And because of all those seeds that were planted inside of me, the watering that, that was done, the fertilizing that was done, Hope Church began. I watched, we, we, we planted churches in America. We planted, we planted churches all around the world, but he was planting seeds. He kept on letting me see that. And what I didn't realize is that he was just planting seeds. Hey, look, look at this, look at this. And they were seeds that were putting in and the watering and the fertilizing. I didn't know. And because of all that, we have this church. There's no single person that's invested more in the plant of this church uh, than Dr. Janie. So would you guys stand to your feet? Would you guys welcome my father-in-law and Dr. Janie to preach to us today? seated. Does this mic work? You got, you got me? All right. I, um, I wrestled around with this table back there a while ago, trying to get it about six inches higher. <laughs> oh gosh, my eyes are unforgiving. There's no place I'd rather be than right here today with you. I love this church. Uh, my wife and I talk about every time we come here that this is just one of the highlights of our life, getting to be here with you. You guys are a loving, friendly, giving, wonderful church family. Wes, I am so proud of you. I never thought you'd make it this far. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't think anybody here has begun to see yet what God wants to do with you, wants to do with you, wants to do with you. Do you believe that? Yeah. I do. Um, I had another sermon I'll put together for you today, but I, I knew about the time that I got it all put together that I was wrestling with that sermon. And I actually got with Pastor West to try to get some confirmation, and he agreed with me wasn't the right sermon for here today. 
so I began talking to the Lord and asking him what he would have me speak to you about. And I, I'm going to preach a short message today. And uh, the title of it is Short Prayers. I didn't know you were getting ready to go into a 21-day prayer series. Didn't know anything about that. But it's obvious that the Lord does know how to pull things together, doesn't he? He knows how to direct our path and our life. We're going to read a good bit of scripture today. If you want to, you could maybe note some of these scriptures because you may want to look back at them just to encourage your heart and remind you a little bit as we go along. The first scripture that we're going to look at today is in Habakkuk. And uh, that's a little red book in the Bible. Habakkuk is one of the minor prophets. It's only three chapters long. But I believe there's a little word in here for us today that would be important for us to see together. The Bible says in Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 2, Habakkuk speaking, he says, I have heard all about you, Lord. Isn't that something? I've heard all about you. Can you say, I've heard all about the Lord. I've heard all about you, Lord. I'm filled with awe by your amazing works. And in this time of our deep need, Help us again as you did in years gone by. And in your anger, don't forget your mercy. That is the whole length of the, that's a short prayer, isn't it? That is a short prayer. And somewhere right after he, he prays these few words of a prayer. I don't know if there's any time lapse between this and the next verse, but something begins to happen because it says, I see God moving across the deserts from Edom the Holy One coming from Mount Paran or Mount Sinai. His brilliant splendor fills the heavens and the earth is filled with His praise. His coming is as brilliant as the sunrise. Rays of light flash from His hands where His awesome power is hidden. And if you'll read on, you'll just see that God brought the great revival that He had prayed for in this short prayer. I want to say to you today that short prayers can produce profound results. Do you believe that today? Short prayers can produce profound results. Now, how many of you today could use a little answer to a prayer? Raise your hand if you could if you could use an answer to prayer today. Raise your hand and hold them up a minute. I mean, can you think of something specific that would be really great if you could get an answer to that prayer? Because I want to talk to us about that a little bit today. And I want to talk to us about our theology a little bit today. <coughs> I have some friends who are Reformed theologians, um, and we talk and uh, we argue a little bit about, about things, and, and one of the things, if you're not careful about in the Reformed movement of theology, is this thing about the immutability or never-changing God. We believe in the immutability of God. It's one of God's characteristics. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere all the time. He's omniscient. He knows everything. He's omnipotent, he's all-powerful, and he's immutable. Those are the four things that we attribute to God that are uniquely God's. But in that immutability, if we're not careful, we begin to think if God never changes, then what would my prayer matter? God's already decided everything. And if God's already decided everything, and he's already going to do what he's going to do, and he can't change, then my prayer certainly can't change anything. And if we're not careful, we get away from prayer because of that kind of thinking. It's the same kind of thinking that God knows everybody that's going to get saved, so there's no sense in me witnessing to anybody because it doesn't matter whether I do or not, but it does matter. And prayer does matter. And I, I'm, I'm, 
I'm going to ask you to expand your thinking a little bit if you've lost faith in prayer. Let's don't put God in a box. Let's don't corner God in a box. How about this? God's a little bigger in his thinking than we are. Do you believe that? Do you believe there's the possibility that God has made a decision? If Wes is sick, do you believe it's possible for God to make a decision that says, if Dave will pray for Wes's healing, I'll heal him. But if he doesn't, I'm not. God didn't change in either one of those. But he gave me an opportunity to enter into prayer that would make a difference. Does that make sense? I want you to know today, our prayer makes a difference. If it didn't make a difference, then God wouldn't give us so much scripture telling us that it does make a difference. He said in the Bible, you have not because you'd ask not, because you never asked. He tells us there are times when I don't answer your prayer because you're praying selfishly for your own gain instead of my honor and glory. There are qualifications and things about prayer, but there's no doubt that God answers our prayer. Moses is on Mount Sinai. We just read about Mount Sinai from Habakkuk. Moses is up on Mount Sinai. Remember he was getting the Ten Commandments? Mount Sinai, it's the place where God is. I mean, Moses couldn't even look upon him, but that's where God is. And God is giving Moses the Ten Commandments, and he says, Moses, look down the mountain at what the children of Israel are doing. Remember what they had done? They had built and melted gold and, and made molten calf. And, and they were trying to get everybody to worship that, saying, the God of Israel is no more. Let's worship these golden calves. And God looks at that, and you know what he says to Moses? Because of that, I'm going to kill them all. I'm going to kill them all. And what does Moses do? He prays. God, please don't kill them. It, let them kill me if you want, but don't kill them because of that. Forgive them. we got to get past this. God, don't kill them. And you know what God says? Because of your prayer, I'm not going to kill them. So God didn't change. God had a path. Moses' prayer was important. If you believe that, say yes. It, it is true. It's what the scripture is teaching us here. I believe scripture bears out that God, God has made a plan that we pray. And if we pray, things will happen because of our prayer. He didn't change our mind. However, our prayer made the difference. Jesus said so much about praying. In Luke 18, 1, he said, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. <clears throat> in Luke chapter 11, which we're going to talk about this story in a minute, he, he said, and so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Now, in Luke chapter 11, there's a widow that is going to the judge and she's begging the judge for justice. And the judge doesn't want to hear her but this lady is driving him crazy. And the Bible says that the judge finally said, I can't take it anymore. You're driving me nuts. I'm going to give justice because you're driving me crazy. And then Jesus uses that as an example. And he says, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end so don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting, 
Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, <coughs> he will grant justice to them quickly. I want you to know God answers our prayers. Um, I heard the story, you probably have heard this also, about the man who was extremely sick. <clears throat> he had felt bad for a long time, and finally they said they had all the results in. <clears throat> and so it was time to go to the doctor, and the man said to his wife, would you take me? And she said yes. And when they got to the doctor, he said, I, I can't take it. Would you go in and listen to what the doctor says and just come back and tell me? And she said yes. And so she goes in to see the doctor, and the doctor said, we ran all the tests, and your husband can make it, but it's going to take an excruciating amount from you. You're going to have to take care of him 24 hours a day. <clears throat> you're going to have to bathe him. You're going to have to change him. You're going to have to feed him. You're going to have to do everything for him. <clears throat> but if you do that, he'll make it. She said, okay. She got out to the car, got in the car, and husband said, what did the doctor say? She said, he said, you're going to die. <laughs> it reminds me of this scripture. <clears throat> I want you to let Jesus grab your heart for a minute here. I want you to see the hallelujah in this. In Isaiah 38, about the time Hezekiah became deathly ill, and the prophet Isaiah, son of Amoz, went to visit him, he gave the king this message. Isaiah said, this is what the Lord says. Set your affairs in order, or you're going to die. You will not recover from this illness. When Hezekiah heard this, he turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, O Lord, how I've always been faithful to you and have served you single-mindedly, always doing what pleases you. Then he broke down and wept bitterly. Then this message came to Isaiah from the Lord. Go back to Hezekiah and tell him, this is what the Lord, the God of your ancestor David says. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I'm going to add 15 years to your life, and I will rescue you and this city from the king of Assyria. Yes, I will defend this city. Hallelujah. Just because of his simple prayer, God gave him life, and God spared that city. God answers prayer. <clears throat> Peter and Chapter, Acts chapter 3 and verse 6, they're coming into the temple. There's a lame man. The lame man says, is there, is there anything you can do to help me? And, and Peter says, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Twelve words of prayer. And, and he gets up and walked. Paul said in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. How about the prayer of Jabez? Became one of the popular books in, in the prayers that we talk about. It's 27 words long. It simply says, he was the one who prayed to the God of Israel. Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And God granted him his request. I want to just tell you, God answers short prayers. I think sometimes we think we've got to, if we don't spend 30 minutes in prayer, then, then, then God's not going to hear us. But I want to tell you, God hears short prayers. They're short prayers of urgency. It's, it's like a mom watches her kid who's fixing to run into the street in front of a car, and she says, oh, God, help me. What is that? It's not just a short prayer 
could I tell you it's a passionate prayer and I want to tell you you better hook passion to your praying if you want God to do something in your life it's the short prayer it's the passion it's the key to prayer James chapter 5 and verse 16 says the passionate prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results the passionate prayer it's the prayer of passion of of my emotions being involved back in Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 3 pardon me he said I see God moving across the deserts from Edom the Holy One coming from Mount Perrin. If I could just tell you that this is a mountain chain, Edom and Teman, uh, over in Israel. And at the top of it is Mount Sinai, what he calls Mount Perrin. And it's the place where the children of Israel believe God dwells in that place. And what he says is, I see God coming. I see him coming to the place where I am right now. Habakkuk was a minor prophet. He was never recognized as one of the, the great prophets. He, he, was, he was a minor prophet. He, he was kind of a nothing <clears throat> as you think about it. But God came to him. And I was thinking about it as I was reading that. And I wrote this down. When we pray with God with passion, when we pray with passion, God leaves his purpose to come to our possibility. God leaves what he's doing to come to our possibility because God wants to be involved with us. He wants to be involved with our prayer life. We're important to God. And, and, and God does bring and sometimes allow situations where he will show up in our life. Do you believe that? God lets things happen in your life that you will passionately beg from him so you can see God show up and do great things. It's a rather interesting story that I heard someone tell the other day about Neil Armstrong back when the moonwalk happened and Neil Armstrong makes uh, the statement that's one small step for man and one giant leap for mankind. They say that he said something else that didn't make the news clip, they edited it out, that after that he said, good luck and good night, Mr. Gorski. And um, I read the backstory on that. So when the Armstrong boys were growing up, they were crazy little boys. And they were always messing around with the Gorskis. And Mrs. Gorski was a tyrant of a woman. She was always on them, always yelling at them, always giving them a hard time. Mr. Gorski, though, was a very kind man, a very nice man, and he loved the boys. And one day they hit a ball and the ball went over and hit against the window at the Gorski's house and it fell down in the bushes. And so they went over and they were down in the bushes and they could hear the Gorskis in there fighting and yelling at each other. And, and uh, Mr. Gorski is evidently wishing that his wife would let him have a kiss or whatever. And uh, so he's kind of begging her a little bit and talking to her and she's giving him a hard time. And she finally says, the chances of you getting that is about as good a chance as Neil walking on the moon. Thus, good luck and good night, Mr. Gorski. <laughs> I just want to say to you, I love the story. I had to fit it in here somewhere. <laughs> that God does bring situations into our life where he does great things in our life. And I wonder if he's got a situation in your life, but you're not taking the time to get involved with him. 
You're not taking the time to get involved in that situation, what he's trying to do in your life. Praying for that possibility with passion. You never know what your possibilities are. We're to pray passionately. It doesn't have to be long. Just say it. I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know where you've been, but I can tell you this about my life. I've been through wonderful times in my life. I've been through dark times in my life. In the darkest time in my life that I went through, I, I talked to my wife about it, and we made a commitment to pray three things. And, and every time we were struggling, we would just pray these three things. We would simply say, Lord, give us peace, protect us, and deliver us. That was it. Lord, right now we need peace. Please protect us and deliver us. And I can say with the prophets of the Bible, and he heard and answered my prayer. And I want to tell you, he wants to hear and answer your prayer. I, I could talk about things. Wes was talking about that meeting over in Manila, Philippines, and that rain came in blowing sideways like he said. It blew every screen down. It was Everything we'd worked for, it looked like it was just crumbling. And I was praying, Lord, this is, this is your night. I don't know what you're going to do, but this is your night. But one of the most moving things to me, and, and Wes, you'll remember as y'all are our kids over there, over on the ground on your hands and knees, I have a picture of you all praying. And I just simply want to tell you, God allows circumstances in your life to where your only option is to pray passionately and ask God to do something. And he wants you to do that. He wants you to come to him. And I've seen God answer prayers at Orlando Baptist Church and at Hope Church. I've seen people healed. I've seen families put back together. The bottom line is they were all prayer answers. Any neat thing that's ever happened has been a prayer answer. It's been because of short, passionate prayers. God cares about you. Do you know God cares about you today? I love the story about the, the man whose car broke down on the side of the road and he's out in the middle of nowhere and along comes a limousine and the limousine stops and a man dressed up in a suit gets out of the car and comes over and says to the man whose car's broke down, why don't you just go sit in my car a minute? Well, let me see if I can fix that. And he gets up under the hood and he gets his hands all dirty with his suit on and he fixes the car and gets it running. And as he's coming back to his limousine and the other man gets out, he says, do you have a handkerchief? And the guy gives him a handkerchief to wipe his hands. And he said, sir, why would you do that? He said, the reason I did that is because my name is Henry Ford and I can't stand to see one of my creations broken down. And I want to tell you something today. His name is Jesus Christ. And he doesn't like seeing his creation broken down. He wants to take care of you. He wants to be there for you. He wants to minister into your life. He wants to do what only he can do in your life. And I want to encourage you today, trust him. God cares about you. He says, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. You have not because you ask not. Pray about it. Let God take control. You remember when Jacob wrestled with God in the Bible and it was coming near morning and, God, and, and, and Jacob said, I'm not going to let go until you bless me. That's that passionate prayer the Lord wants you to say. He wants you to say that. I, I want to ask you again, do you believe God cares about you? Look at your neighbor and say, God cares about you. Would you do that right now? Just tell your neighbor, God cares about you. <clears throat>
Tell your neighbor, everybody counts with God because it's true, everybody does count with God. I want to say just a, another word or two and I'm going to be done today. I don't know if any of you saw the Ray Charles movie a few years ago came out. And uh, Ray Charles in the movie, as in life, he struggled with women. And uh, they were talking in the movie and um, they asked him a question about his struggle with women. He goes, well, with me, I've never seen an ugly woman. <laughs> and I want to tell you something today. God's never seen an ugly person. He's never seen a person he doesn't love. He's never seen anyone he doesn't care for. He's never seen anyone he doesn't want to bless. He's never seen anyone he doesn't care about, and he will listen to you if you will pray today. This is the beginning of a season of prayer. Short prayers full of passion make a difference. Calvary was Jesus' intended purpose from the time he was born, from the time of his earthly ministry. And I want to tell you today, all along Jesus' path to his purpose, he, he let his purpose set aside for a minute to chase the passionate prayers of a woman with an issue of blood, of a lame man who needed to be healed, of a deaf person who needed to speak, of a blind person who needed to see, of a demoniac man who needed the demons cast out of him, of a, a man who died and needed to be raised from the dead. Jesus would take and stop his purpose to go meet the passionate prayers of those, and not only their prayers, but there were times when Jesus did that for others who were praying for them. How about the four men who lifted the man and put him down to where he could be healed? They were the ones who cared. And I simply want to tell you today, Jesus cares. Finally, Jesus gets to the cross. He hangs on the cross. He says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And he's on the way to saying it is finished. He's on the way to saying into thy hands I come in my spirit. But as he's moving to that purpose, he stops. Because a thief hanging on the cross next to him prays. Would you remember me when you enter your kingdom? And Jesus stops his purpose and says, today you're going to be with me in paradise. Oh, man, it must have been something when Jesus went into heaven and brought that thief in on his coattails. <laughs> I bet that thief was going, what a ride, man. He got his passionate prayer answered. I just want to close by saying to you today, isn't this a day where we ought to pray some prayers to God? Isn't this a day where we could pray some short prayer passionately for God to answer? This is an invitation, but... I'm, I want to have prayer with us today. But I want to have prayer with some of you that want to come down here and pray. I want us all to stand together today. I see my wife back there. Donna, would you come up to the piano for a minute, the keyboard? And as you're standing up this morning, if you want to pray about something, if you have a prayer, I just want to ask you to come join me down front because I'm going to pray with us in a minute. And I want, to, I want to invite you just to come from where you are right now. Just come stand up front. All of you that have something you want to pray about. And we're going to pray this morning. If it matters enough, if you're passionate and you care about it enough, come on down here. 
Come down with your prayer need. Come down with what you want to pray about this morning. And we're going to pray together. I want this to be a time of you knowing that Jesus wants to answer your prayer. And he does. He wants to answer your prayer today. You ready to pray passionately? You ready to be a beggar for a minute? You ready to say, Lord, do this to me? <clears throat> While you're standing here, this is a great old song. This is my dad's favorite song, Donna's Playing. If you've been around church in your life, you probably know this old song. What a friend we have in Jesus. Just listen to the words. Sing it if you know it. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to
sing one more chorus, an old one. You think we could do that and see, go back to see, learning to lean? How about that old chorus, learning to lean on Jesus? I never get to sing unless I preach, so <coughs> you, you just got to hear me out, all right? Learning to lean, I'm learning to lean, I'm learning to lean on Jesus, finding more power than I've ever seen. much for joining us. If you'd like to know more about Hope Church, please feel free to visit us at hopewintergarden.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Winter Garden. We hope you have a blessed day.